This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Our Favorite Years. Or my favorite year. Our favorite years. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. If you could visit any time, any specific year, what year would you pick? What year has the best movies or the the one concert you'd really want to go to or... I don't know, the music on the radio you'd want to listen to. Or, or wouldn't you like to experience what it's like to listen to the radio? I don't think people do that anymore. This week, we're picking the year out of all of time that we'd like to go back to and visit for the culture and entertainment. Uh, it's a gas. All right, let's hit it. Hey, guys, how's it going? Energy! energy energy what's up, <laughs> what's up? hi energy <laughs> bam Welcome to the program it's the zoo in the morning the world's a fucking thing bam waka, waka, waka. <laughs> yeah yeah i okay. i don't suggest we continue to do that uh, ever do that what's again. up fellas it's been a a short week yes it has interesting how yeah. are we today how you guys been good Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Good. Should we do introductions first? Because we always forget that. Yes. Sure. Oh, lol. Uh, I'm Chris. Well, hi, Chris. <laughs> Hello. Who am oh, I? Oh, I'm Brian. Oh, thank you. Hi. And I'm Eric. And hi, we Eric. are the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Fresh it. This shit is fresh. Fresh shit, huh? Stuff we've been watching and doing. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Absorbing, uh, contemplating, you know, that thing. Yeah. Because people are really interested. I I watched uh, uh, Tenet last night. Oh, okay. I still have not pulled it. Let's hear this. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take? Okay. Here's my one word review. Okay. Huh? And I say (laughs) that because it's spelled the same backwards as forwards. Ooh. Yeah, right? Right? See, it's again, a my, my take on Tenet was it seems to have been a movie that was a lot more interesting to make than it is to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's still my take on Tenet. I spent I a whole lot of time yet. going, what's going on? Wait, what? You know, like, like who? who, What? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and there are parts. It is interesting. Like, once it gets cooking, it's like, okay, this is kind of neat. But at the same time, yeah... You know, <laughs> it, I, it, I, I, I'm trying to think of like, um, okay, there's, you remember Airplane 2? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Does anybody has, remember Airplane 2? He Honestly. has this line, Ted has this line, this isn't the past or the present, this is the future. And that's what this film felt like. It's like, it's silly. <laughs> and we're going to keep talking about the future, the past. We're, we're being attacked by the future. Oh, come on. 
on. Who says things like this? So it does the architect and the oracle in the Matrix Reloaded? That's who. Yeah, it's like it's like the action scene version of all of their monologues, but without right. all the speechifying. Right. <laughs> so do you, do you think it's just a case of don't give Nolan that much money and creative control? Do you think it's no. just excessive because of that? No, I I don't think it's excessive. I think it's okay. I think it's an art film, but the problem is, yeah, it's it's structured a- like a Bond film, and it okay. doesn't have yes, a linear, yes. clean objective, like Inception. It, that to me it seems might like an be op- better on like the fifth watch. Like the first oh, watch God. is just sort of like, huh? But that just yeah, presumes like that, that people are going to be interested in watching it again. It's like if you don't make it interesting the first round, then you've kind of negated any onion peeling. You know it, what I mean? It does, it does leave a bad taste in your mouth. I think that would prevent like okay. more viewings. But I think you're at the same time, Brian, I think you're right. I think it needs to be seen a couple times to get everything. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say they were confused by Inception. I always also thought it was a pretty clean, structurally yeah. a pretty clean movie. Yes. Yeah. But this is, if that confused people, this is going to just leave people in the dust. <laughs> Bore them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I got to pull the trigger on it before it leaves HBO. But uh, yeah. I just, I have It's worth having seen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, given given how good Nolan is just at making films, you have to see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's up its own ass. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's up its own ass, says Brian Kruger of the Arizona Republic. There is a yeah. there is an awesome <laughs> shot though in that movie. Like I had to rewind it a couple times just to go, wow. And it wasn't even a complicated shot, right? There it's a thing where the 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 main character, the protagonist, is uh that is his name. The protagonist yep. mm. is questioning somebody at the top of this building and their escape plan involved uh basically bungee jumping off of the the building. And the guy who went with him, who's sort of covering the security outpost like a floor or two up, is doing the same thing. Uh Okay, so so the cops show up and the person says to the protagonist, I assume you had a plan for getting out of here. And he said, I do, but I don't like it. And he's then sets up to jump <laughs> off of the building. And you see in the background this body go, Foomph, and it's the other guy doing the same thing. <laughs> and it was like, God, that's so smart. That's so neat. Was that in the trailer? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Either. I think it would require an explanation that the guy was up there. Okay. But it it's... was this this wonderful moment of assuming you're paying attention and then it paying off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tenet, I, it came out last year and kind of got, I don't know, kneecapped by the whole pandemic thing. Yeah. And I have kept by Nolan's insistence on a theatrical release during a global pandemic. Yeah. And I have to wonder if it would have done better had it come out in a normal year. I actually, I I think it would have been done done better if it came out on streaming as Warner's wanted it to, and people could have picked over it. I, I think honestly, this is the kind of movie of his that is going to, it's, it's going to be remembered better because it 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 got hurt by covid and people will assume that's what the problem was with it. Uh, okay. 
I got you. That's my opinion. And and okay. I really also think the biggest problem with this movie is the sound editing. I couldn't understand half of what people were saying. Yes. That's what I understood yes. it to be, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's like, if you're going to have something this complicated, make it audible. <laughs> well, and that was the that was the beef with the Dark Knight Rises too, right? Like the sound edit was was terrible. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Gotham is yours. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna uh, go next on the, on the fresh shit because mine I, sucks. I'm sorry. Did I've Eric got one, something one else? Other- one other okay, quick go. one. I did end up watching season three of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to retract <laughs> this eventually, but it's not bad. They made <laughs> a smart choice. Yeah, I know. They made a smart choice in going into the future because now they don't have to deal with all the canon that they're breaking. And um, yeah, it, it, the idea that there is that they create inherent conflict by sort of ruining the Star Trek universe. But in a way so that doesn't ruin is, anything that came before yeah. it. It's like Discovery versus Star Trek then at this point. Or? Kinda, kinda. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. There's okay. there is um there's one thing I have a problem well well one I'll I'll have more. But right now the one thing I have a problem with is at one point they do another Okay, they're riding on top of the elevator inside Discovery. And the elevator's moving around, so you see the inner workings of the ship as the elevators move around. And there's all this space. I'm like, I don't know how big they think the ship is, but this is more like the Death Star than a, a Star Trek <laughs> ship because there's just it's cavernous. It's huge. I'm like, you guys are not really looking at the floor plans here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's yeah. it. That's all about I getting something into space. Yeah, yeah. Efficiency is usually a thing. Yeah, 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 it's like the elevators aren't taking up most of the space inside of a starship. See, all of that talk always makes me think of Galaxy Quest and the one line from Sigourney Weaver, because she's the woman that has to talk to the computer and then repeat shit. And her right. woman's just like, I have one job. I understand that it's stupid, but I'm going to do it. And that's like the through line <laughs> through everything Star Trek for me. It's just like, why are you doing this, man? <laughs> Because it's in the script. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. My fresh shit is not great. I mean, first of all, it's been an abbreviated week, and we recorded uh, after Sunday, which is usually when I go to the movies. So I had already kind of talked about the movie that I saw last week. Um, So I've been watching TV. I've been watching a lot of TV, and I've been, you know, still watching Pushing Daisies and Mm -hmm. still watching BattleBots, you know, but... I, I, we got to talk about American Idol for a minute, believe Do it or not. Do okay. we, Okay. Right. So American Idol this season, <laughs> um, have been watching it. Brain garbage, people. So much brain garbage. But the thing is that they're down to the top five, and they are all really, really good. Like, any other season, any one of these people would have mopped the floor with the rest of the season of American Idol, but now they're down to, like, there's five of them. And there's no, there's no way to pick a winner here. They're, it, they're kicking ass. But it's gotten a little easier this week because one of them got kicked off the show. Um, 
Caleb Kennedy is a 16-year-old country rock kid who writes his own stuff and frankly kills it. Like, this guy is gonna be a rock star. He's really good. He also apparently four years ago when he was 12 was in a Snapchat video and his 12 year old friend is wearing a KKK hood and that's not going to fly on uh, <laughs> Disney. So he's out. <laughs> oh my God. But I don't know. This might actually endear him to a, a certain corner of his own audience. Uh, Caleb Kennedy's going places, but he's going to have to contend with the 12 year old KKK thing. Um. Side note, I guess yesterday, a guy from a previous season named Doug Kiker, who was the singing garbage man, uh, got arrested and and booked for a domestic violence charge. So they know how to pick him at American Idol. They sure do. I can't believe that show is still on the air. I just can't believe it. I thought they they brought it (laughs) off the air. I thought it had its final season like a couple years ago. Oh, no, no. It's still kicking. Yeah, it's going to be like The Simpsons. They're just going to beat that horse to death and then beat it some more while it's dead and then keep beating it. You know what I, I mean? Went, I went back and looked at actual like American Idol winners over the years and there's only like two people you've heard of. It's Carrie Underwood and um oh shit, the first one who won who Ke- is now Kelly a host Clarkson. on the voice. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Who's and awesome. the one who didn't win. Yeah, yeah who who fronts Queen now. No, no, no. The other one <laughs> no, who didn't Jennifer, win. Jennifer uh, what's her face? Oh. Yeah. Jennifer yeah. Hudson and yeah. Clay Aiken. Both didn't win, but... Okay, so basically the trick on American Idol is you want to come in second. Those people get careers. (laughs) That's astonishing. Unless you're Justin... Or be Kelly Clarkson. Unless you're Justin Warini. Yeah, and then which case... Whatever. Anyway, uh, also this week in cancel culture, um, Big Finish is no longer going to do a Doctor Who audio drama with John Barrowman because apparently John Barrowman is well-known for taking his dick out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude... I what? read that story and I went, what are you doing, man? What? Yeah, what, what, John what, Barrowman what? apparently likes to just take his cock out during uh, breaks on set. Whatever. And just, like someone was talking yeah. to him about it on a talk show and he's like, yep, and he drops trow. You know, like apparently this isn't like news. <laughs> what the yeah. Hell? But, yeah. And it's confirmed by, uh, what's his name, who plays Mickey, but he's also in a bit of hot trouble because he's got a bunch of sexual harassment suits after him now. So, like, all these side yeah. characters in uh, New Who are like, That's why it what? resurfaced. Like, yeah. Barrowman apologized back in 08 for this shit, but yeah. it, now it's getting him kicked off of the radio <laughs> dramas. And oh, crazy. He had come back as, as, as uh, Captain Jack Harkness in the most recent season of Doctor Who, so I wonder yeah. if they're just going to forget that. They'll just bring or the what? silence in, and then, you know, no big yeah, deal. There you go. Did he explain it like so. he needs to air it out, or that he wants <laughs> everybody just, to, like, no, enjoy just, the view? He's just being goofy, and it's like the wrong I, kind of goofy, you know? I, I think he's he's just a horn dog. Yeah, an exhibitionist, <laughs> whatever. Uh. Crazy. So, oh well, sucks to be you, John Berman. Um, yeah. <laughs> everything sucks. Chris, save us. Fresh shit. Uh, I don't know if I can. The only new thing I've watched this week was from Netflix, and it was The Mitchells versus The Machines. Oh, how and is that? I'm circling that one. It's It looks great, but it's really tepid. 
story-wise. Uh, I mean, it's definitely that's the people who did Spider Verse. Yeah, but this one is geared totally towards tweens and kids. I mean, it's just there's uh, not a lot there. There, uh, I would still recommend watching it just so you can see the good bits because there are several, and it's overall enjoyable. But it also just sort of leaves you like, eh, okay, whatever. Uh, but One of my a- favorite movie critics was writing about that, and he was talking about the story a little bit, and I guess that there's like a a teen daughter who like has this shitty sense of humor, but she wants to go make you know movies in that vein, yeah, right. and her dad is like, no, you suck at it. You don't have a sense of humor, and you're going to fail. <laughs> yeah. And the reviewer's like, the dad is right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of that going on, but basically, it's there's like a. I don't know, like a googly Elon Musky type uh, company that develops an AI that eventually takes over, builds robots, and then decides that humanity needs to be removed. And so this family, yeah, and so this family's on their like last hurrah vacation to take their daughter to college, and they, through a bunch of plot machinations, basically aren't on their cell phones when the robots show up. And they manage to escape and then realize they have to save the planet. And then it's their big adventure being these Luddites that have to save the world from these AI robots. Um, but the, really, the, the thing to watch for is in the middle sequence, they end up at a big giant like Mall of America type thing. And they end up having to do battle with an army of Furbies that have come to life and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I swear to God, it's like, it's genius what they've done, but it's like this little nougaty center in this otherwise sort of flat movie, which is <laughs> sort of distressing. Uh, but yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, but I want to see cast, that on so. a review someday, like, you know, in the commercial where they show the reviews for the movie. Nougaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nougaty. It gets stuck in your teeth and you kind of, yeah. Uh, so Bob I mean, Foster, the Arizona Republic says, <laughs> nookity, So watch it. If you just feel like killing time, it's, it's passable entertainment, but it's really effervescent. There's Would nothing. I enjoy it more if I were, uh, either drunk or high? Uh, sure. Isn't that now. pretty much the case for anything? I mean, do you have to ask? You, that made you know, mission impossible. That was a dumb question. True. Yeah. True. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And then the other thing I watched is I finished uh, the second season of Staged, finally, on Hulu. So I left that one for you off of my fresh because <laughs> that's the other show I've been watching. Because <laughs> it's eight episodes, and it, I dare say it's probably better than the first season somehow. I don't know, I don't know how they pulled that it off. It is so funny. Staged but, is hilarious. Yeah, but, <laughs> so the first stage is basically it's Pandemic, and it's Michael Sheen and David Tennant doing a bunch of Zoom calls. And preparing to do a Pirandello play, figuring they can rehearse online and just be set when the pandemic's over. And it's just all of the goofiness. And it's them playing versions of themselves. The second one is basically they right out of the gate admit that the first staged was just fake, was a show with them playing versions of themselves. But all of the principal actors are still there. And the guy that wrote staged is now in Hollywood trying to sell it as an American version. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so now David Tennant and Michael Sheen uh, are told that they're not going to be cast in it because nobody gives a shit about them in America. And it's just all of the jealousy that revolves around them having to sabotage oh, all the other and, A-list actors that are trying to Everyone else from season one is in the American version, except, except for them. Michael Sheen and David Tennant. <laughs> yeah. And the cameos are hilarious. 
And it starts out oh, with yeah. uh, Michael Palin, I think, is in the first one, and they're doing like a chat show interview. And when they're off the air, and they're all still just talking to each other, when they're on the air, Palin's like, "Oh yeah, it's really great. I watched an episode. It's funny." And then at, when they're off the air, he's like, "It's not funny. I don't like it." <laughs> it just sort of goes downhill <laughs> he's from there. Brutally vicious. <laughs> it's yeah, so <laughs> funny. But by the time oh, you man. get to the seventh penultimate episode, uh, you've got some very interesting uh cameos that appear and they yeah, just don't spoil that i, I haven't won't. gotten that far it's but, so but even halfway through there's some good cameos yeah. i didn't even know there was a second one i gotta jump yeah on yeah. yeah dropped in yeah. january but uh but yeah the next last episode is the one that probably sells the whole thing to the hills and it is just fucking hilarious because <laughs> it's just like basically all the famous people in britain saw the first stage and are like yeah, oh shit yeah i'll call yeah, in on I zoom and on do this. a day of that <laughs> but yeah but this this whole crux is is tenant and sheen basically dealing with their insecurities from being trapped in their homes for a year and how they just want to go do work but they can't because everything is still shut down and they literally just have these like emotional breakdowns and like use each other for therapy and it's just all the actor insecurities that come out of it it's just like it's a spot on oh man uh look yeah look at just what an entertainer probably is like in real life even though it's just still an exaggeration (laughs) <laughs> and, and Tenet is just absolutely willing to shit all over his own persona. Oh yeah, in, in a big such way. a such an honest, open <laughs> like look at my wounds kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, and he's got that great Scottish accent. So he just I'm inert. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so yeah, it's good. So if you like the first season of Staged, then you will really like the second season of Staged and the Falcon story. Right. So yeah. That's all I've done this week. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Let, okay. Let's get to it because this this is gonna be a long one, isn't it? I want to hold. On, I want to apologize to the to the audience real quick. I put a lot of like edits and drops in the shows, but there's gonna be so many opportunities for that in this one. Chances are, I'm not gonna drop. <laughs> yeah. This whatever is, it is you care about. Be heavy I laziness. Think. Yeah. yeah. Send your head hate mail later. <laughs> so tell us the yeah. theme of this week's show, Eric. Okay, thank you. Uh, the theme of this week's show is pick your favorite year. Like, what year would you like to go back to? And just for the entertainment, the the anything, you know, what what right. year captivates you the most? I know a lot of people always say, I'd want to go back to like you know 1961. You know that Mad Men era. It's like, yeah but it's very uptight and what movies were in the theaters then and i think you just like mid-century modern architecture yeah you know so and sure. racism <laughs> yeah and institutionalized racism exactly and this is a more yeah. <laughs> uh uh i guess qualified look at what year we would have wanted right. to enjoy right and, uh, and although in fairness institutionalized racism and uh you know patriarchy are going to be in any year in the past so you know oh, come on brian quit being so things little. are things i mean eh, i think come on you you cannot compare the way things are today to the way things were in 1961 and say mm. yeah about the same you know <laughs> it's just not true well, yeah unless you're a republican i'm, maybe? I'm going i'm going to say that i'm not black and therefore i can't answer that statement yeah. okay well, i will I, I am sentient and have read, you know, have enough access to historical <laughs> documents to know that I'm right. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> okay. I'm going to agree with Eric just to be a dick. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this, the caveat for the show, though, is... I'm sorry, that should be like the new image for the entire podcast. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Eric just to be a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob Fenster of the Arizona the show now. Yeah. Uh, but the caveat is that we're not doing 1984 or 1999, which are two years that we've actually focused on in shows in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't look for those, even though they were t- top choices for me. I'm not picking yeah. those. And so. I always say 1989 because of the yes. movies that came out. But this time I, I said, no, no, I got to expand my reach. We also did a show for that one as well. So yeah, we've yeah. covered the bases on the biggins, I think. So right. this will be interesting. Right. Okay. Cool. cool. So I want to kick it off because me, yeah, uh, go. it's all, it's all you, my man. year is 1977 boom the year was 1977 (laughs) apple computers had just incorporated the first chuck e cheese opened in san antonio and a little thing called the atari 2600 was released boom yeah i I didn't actually write all this i'm i'm pretending like i've got a script uh let's see that's uh the first internet protocol was established elvis elvis had his last concert for now and the Pontiac Trans Am was the fucking bomb because Smokey and the Bandit had come out. Uh, That's true. Had that fucking eagle on the cut on the hood too. It was mm-hmm. badass. I yeah. the, the the review I'd heard was you know only for only fifty five hundred dollars you could get a badass four hundred cubic inch displaced <laughs> engine with a screaming chicken on the hood. Yeah, that was um, good stuff. Yeah, that was a the, good Matchbox it, car too. Oh yeah, it was. It was like. Nobody could get that. That was a very yeah. hard to, yeah, to look, yeah. get your hands on item. Uh, movies, obviously Star Wars. Uh-huh. This is, you know, all yeah. anyone seems to remember from 1977. It really just uh, overshadows everything. It's weird. So, yeah. Uh, give me but some there's a lot, lot of other stuff. Uh, okay, so the car, which we've covered here before. Oh, God. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the miniseries Roots. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Annie Your Hall. name is Toby. Your name is Toby. Yes. Annie Hall, uh, Eraserhead, Kentucky Fried Movie. Uh, really? I thought that yeah. was like 76. Okay, no. Nope. I guess you're right, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pete's Dragon. Oof, this is yeah. sort of, which is, you know, not a great film, but this is sort of the era of Disney production where things are sort of, uh, you know... We're we're years away from uh, the 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 Little Mermaid, right? Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. Slapshot, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, uh, um, Suspiria, the original Suspiria came out in 1977. Close Encounters, and yeah, Close Encounters, Close Encounters, Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. Oh God, I went and saw that in the theater. I think my mom took me because she said, oh, cartoon. I'm like, to this day, still fucking scarred. Like, no six-year-old should see wizards. Did she dose you as well? <laughs> Probably. I mean, it's my mom, right? That's what yeah. she did. But yeah, uh, it's like all that, that. Oh God, all as, that. as Chris also said. <laughs> yeah. Came out in 77. Oh, you caught that. Okay, good. A uh, couple of albums that are really worth mentioning. Uh, Steely Dan's Asia. Which is, I think, their best album. Came uh-huh, out in 77. As I call it. I call it. Uh, uh-huh. Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Whatever mm-hmm. you have to say about Fleetwood Mac, you gotta admit, that album has got a lot on it that's good. Oh, yeah. Iconic cover, and, too. Yeah. 
And of course, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, which was to that point, the best selling album of all time. I mean, it had like six top 10 hits in it from the Bee Gees. It was, it was the seventies. It's it's basically the Bee Gees career uh, in a nutshell. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, uh, the songs, the big songs from that era. Fuck. There's so many that are like amazing. Uh, talking head psycho killer, because this is also the, the, uh, son of Sam year. Mm. They, they made the song psycho killer about the son of Sam. I always forget that they came out that early. You know what I mean? It's like, I always imagine more like circa 80 ish. But yeah, but yeah, they this is early. also when CBGB's is uh, like the height of its powers and Blondie is playing there and Devo is playing there and uh, I'm trying to th- the police did their first US gigs at CBGB's this is 77 is where all these bands are really breaking out. Right. Uh, let's Was- see. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite disco songs, apparently. We're from 1977. Thelma Houston's Don't Leave Me This Way. Okay. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band, I'm Your Boogeyman. <laughs> uh, and, and the all-time favorite, which you'll remember from the... Oh, boy. I just spaced his name. The... Uh, okay. The Donna Summer, I Feel Love. Yeah, yeah. the Marauder yeah, show. Yeah. I Feel okay, Love. Okay. Fucking amazing song. Then you got some 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 kind of pulp that is I still love. Like Samantha sang's emotion, which I always thought was a BG song because she sounds like a gib. Uh Bonnie Tyler, It's a Heartache. Oh, Queen, We Will Rock You was nineteen seventy seven. This uh, is a compelling argument. I'm yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm gonna I'm and, gonna pile a couple on for you. Yeah, and 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 just to complete my list. To, yep. to make everyone who has been, like, with me up to this point wretch. Uh, Barbara Streisand's Evergreen. <laughs> can you sing a few <laughs> it was bars? was 1977. Can you sing uh, a few bars? I don't think I can. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's uncanny. It's like I'm in the room with Barbara Streisand. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like if she didn't know the words, that's how she would fake her way out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pile on for you a little bit, Eric. You, you mentioned the Atari 2600. Also yes. in video games, 1977, Breakout mm-hmm. was written. Um, the Apple II came out. The Apple II computer mm-hmm. came out. And, Which would fund um, that company for like the next 10 years, I think. <laughs> yeah, and Zork. Zork was Zork. written in 77. Well, 77 is also sort of the year that people sort of pinpoint as ground zero breaking for punk. Before it just imploded, but that's sort of like mm-hmm. the Sex Pistols come out, the Damned, uh, Ramones kind of picking it up with Rocket to Russia, blah blah blah. So yeah, it's a uh, it's sort of a ground zero for a lot of weird music that year. I grant you. <laughs> okay, so seventy seven <laughs> is the what about uh, 
TV shows. You got any TV shows, Eric, or did you uh, uh, investigate that TV far? TV kind of sucked. It was, yeah, you know, yeah. it was Three's Company and Happy <laughs> yeah. Days and Laverne and Shirley. And Laverne and Shirley had its moments, but for Christ's sake, I think everything that was on TV points to everything that was wrong with the 70s. So yeah, I stayed away from it. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a good call. We, yeah. The golden age of television started with the Sopranos t- 20 years later, and it was made <laughs> necessary by the shitty age of television that preceded it. Okay. Okay. So that's my pitch for 77. Okay. We got one All in right, the hopper compelling. for 77. It's compelling. You, got, you make some good points, sir. Yeah. We're going to, we're so, going to park that for the jury. So, so who's next? Go to me last. Okay. Okay. Brian, Brian wants to back clean up. I got you. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to ruin the show, but go <laughs> uh, Well, for my favorite year, uh, I kind of went back and looked at what year in my lifetime I would like to go revisit. And it started to coalesce around the year 1982. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan year. Well, I'll get to the movies, but yeah, I knew you would pick up yeah. Wrath of Khan almost immediately. No, no, every everything in my life is marked by a Star Trek event, so yeah. yeah. Go. <laughs> uh, so so uh, I picked that because it was probably the first year where I started to sort of really move into adolescence and start to put kid mm-hmm. stuff a little far behind, and I was starting to listen to actual, like, Top forty radio and what we'd consider adult oh, music. 80, Eighty-two in music is is yeah. a decent point in time, folks. Well, and it's and I look back and I'm like, holy shit, because I was looking at some of the the stuff that was big, and I'm like, if that if of any year that I can think of for that one to be the one that sort of springboards me into what I'm into now, this is just this is a crazy year for that, and so it's like whoa, uh, but it was also a year where I could go more on my own to see movies get on my bike and ride to the theater blah 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 so there's a lot going on but for music uh that was sort of like mtv came around in august 81 and by 82 it was just everywhere and so you couldn't Mm. escape it and that just exploded all of the weird genres so you had all the the normal like classic rock and normal white music but it also sort of springboarded the new wave stuff, and that's sort of the the heart of where my musical tastes sort of spring out from. And so you've got like Duran Duran coming out with Rio and exploding with Hungry Like the Wolf. Uh, Rio is a the, great album. Uh, it's, I love it so much. Uh, the, the lyrics are nonsense, but everything else about it is amazing. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Okay, I was talking to the wife about Duran Duran yesterday, and it was like, you know, at the time, they were presented kind of like a boy band on MTV, right? Yeah. But no, these guys are legit. This is an actual band of five guys that came up with a a distinct sound yeah. that has been killing it really ever since, and they still sell, like, their yeah. tickets are still like 200 bucks a seat or some garbage. Though- yeah. Though it's worth pointing out, their best stuff is produced by Nile Rodgers. I mean, he yeah. well, gives sure. them that sound. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that was a huge, huge radio hit in 82, I remember. I was like fifth grade, I guess. Is, 
isn't Rio Rio's the album with the chauffeur, right? Another no, that's the great. that's the previous album. Okay, all right. Uh, so that was sort of like ubiquitous everywhere. But then I started it sort of clicked the light bulb, and I started thinking about all the other music that I heard on the radio that just made a huge impact even today. Like these are songs that I'll just immediately hear and be transported back to that time where it's like nothing mattered. I could just, you know, all I did was fuck around all day. If I wasn't in school, it was just glorious. But I mean, the, the go-go's were still kicking around, uh, vacation had come out, but men at work broke and became like a huge deal. And that's when all that Australian shit came out, but who can it be now exploded. Joan mm-hmm. Jett and the Blackhearts come out with, I love rock and roll, which was like one of the top singles of the year. That was everywhere. The Clash had Rock the Casbah. That was the first time I ever heard The Clash because I didn't have anybody to go, oh, listen to this. So they broke with that. Uh, Billy Idol comes out with White Wedding. Adam Ant breaks off of uh, Adam and the Ants and just does his solo stuff and comes out with Goody Two Shoes. That was on the radio all the time. And I just remember just loving it so much. But then you get like Culture Club, ABC, Madness comes out with Our House, like Haircut 100. Musical Youth, Past the Duchy, Flock of Seagulls, Iran, Dexy's Midnight <laughs> Runners, uh, Soft Cell comes out with Tainted Love, Human League, um, just uh, just Thomas cr- Dolby hit to- then, yeah, just crazy, crazy stuff. Tony Basil had Mickey, Bow Wow Wow, I Want Candy. I mean, it's all all these like ubiquitous '80s singles that everybody goes, "That's the '80s." I'm like, how do they all come from that one fucking year? It's like '82. <laughs> that's crazy. Because MTV, that's how. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it was a big year musically for me. It was also the year where I first started getting my own music and it, they weren't like kid records. And so that was the year that I also got uh freeze frame from Jay Giles band. I got foreigner four, the one with jukebox hero, uh journey escape, which has got open arms oh, and Jesus. some other ones. That was that 82. That was 82. Escape? Yeah. And then uh, Hooked on Classics, that was a big one for me when I was that age, too, because I still did weird shit. So that's like the disco disco beats to the classical music from, like, Saturday Night Fever. But it's like a whole album of that stuff. Yeah. So so dumb. I uh, remember, like, like these sort of... Do you remember that, that weird mix of Star Wars and Beethoven's Fifth? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly the flavor. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. That deserved to go down into the memory hole and be disappeared yeah. nope. forever. But I well, distinctly remember it. Well, here's one for the memory hole that I totally forgot about. But uh, that was the year that Pac-Man Fever also came out. The song by Buckner and Garcia. Uh. So, <laughs> so yeah, so not a good thing, but still. And then for TV shows, I would look this up too. It was a hell of a year for debut shows. Uh, so tops on my list. That was the year that Young Ones started, even though I wouldn't watch Young Ones really? for years later. Yeah, 82. Uh, that was the year that Police Squad came out. Another huge influence for, <laughs> for our shit. Uh, strangely, that was the year that At the Movies with Siskel and Ebert debuted. I thought they no. were on, yeah, nationally. 
like they were on PBS or whatever. Okay, local I was going to say like there's Siskel and Ebert reviewing Star Wars. Yeah, but this was like YouTube, their but. their big national syndicated program, so they became like a big okay. to do. Uh, late night with Instead David of Letterman. Everyone just watching them on the internet. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, late night with David Letterman started in '82. Go figure. I didn't know that. Okay. I thought he was on okay. earlier. Uh, then you've also got Knight Rider started, New Heart, Cheers, Family Ties, Cagney and Lacey, Remington Steel, Saint Elsewhere, TJ Hooker. I mean, it's like, these are all like iconic shows from the 80s, and I didn't realize they all started that same year. That was just, I don't remember that being such a cluttered programming schedule. Huh. But, you know... Whatever. That was the beginning of the NBC Thursdays, which lasted for like 20 years. Yeah. Must see TV. Must see yeah. TV. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, like 82. everything that happened happened on a Thursday on NBC. Yeah. Right up, pretty close right to up it. through to Seinfeld. Well, yeah, that one really exploded in 84 when Cosby showed up. And then it literally was that Thursday night block was all anybody watched. I mean, that's just the way they did it. Uh,. But Silver Spoons had come out. That was a big one for me. But I forgot 82. This was the year that I quit going to the Boy Scouts. because <laughs> Heroin. Sorry. Because, yeah, yeah because, I had the same thought. I thought he was going to say that was the year that I quit heroin. No, no, that, would be, like, that would be like 83 next year. Oh, okay. Heroin. Uh, but on Monday night, Square Pegs would come on. And then Tales of the Gold Monkey. Remember Tales of the Gold Monkey? Yes. Which yes. was the Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff with Stephen Collins. It was so Which cheesy. I thought was so awesome. I couldn't believe they didn't bring it back. And I exactly. watched it as an adult and I go, oh, this Holy is horrible. Yeah. But as an 11, 12 year old, you're like, this is the pinnacle of what I want to watch on TV. Exactly. And they, they both came out on Monday night and that was the troop meeting every week. And I went, fuck that. I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just stopped going. So that's why I quit Boy Scouts was because of Tales of the Gold I'll, Monkey. And I'll go Pace. back to Boy Scouts when you... You have a dog with an eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> and a glass eye. <laughs> oh, God. But this is also uh, ones that were already running. So it's, you still got Fall Guy, Magna P.I., Simon & Simon, Hill Street Blues, uh, Heart to Heart, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, blah, blah, blah. But I did not realize this. This was also the, the year that Dukes of Hazard had to bring in Coin Vance. Because of the oh. <laughs> because of the salary oh, dispute, the year that, yeah. that they should have canceled they the Duke's yeah. pass. The Duke should have just ended, but no, they got to bring in Coin Vance and have like the lowest ratings in their history. And people are like, I mean, "Oh, f- fuck these guys!" I, I didn't realize that means it started even earlier than I thought. Yeah, I think it has to start like seventy-eight. Didn't happen. And Dallas were like around forever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. late seventies. Uh. And then it was also the big miniseries, since Eric, you brought up Roots, uh, 82 is Blue and the Gray, that is notable for Gregory Peck as Abraham Lincoln. So, mm. that's the TV stuff. Uh, so, a lot of really good shows, and I, I almost all of them I watch the shit out of, so my brain is mush, is rot. Um, Alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you the same bone, or, or yeah. I'll let you finish, I'll let you finish. Well, I was going to roll into the movies of the year and then finish it up. Okay, oh, go ahead. Finish up. Finish up. Uh, so, the the big movie of the year, everybody knows, is E.T., yep. which, uh, whatever. Uh, no, uh, Rathacon. Ha- we already said. <laughs> well, the number one movie of the year was E.T. 
and so, it's unwatchable. I'm sorry. I yeah, I've tried I watching ET since then, and who gives a shit? Yeah, I haven't been back to it in years, but I just it it e- didn't ET make it works if Henry Thomas gets you with his crying at the end. If he doesn't <laughs> get you with not, his crying, ET does not work. Well, I remember seeing it as eleven year old. My family dragged me to it, and uh, you know, I got a little weepy, but I think I was just overwhelmed by everything. You know, I don't think I really got it. That was the first movie that I cried at a movie because he got me, and you know, <laughs> I was Sucker. eleven. Kiss yeah, my I, ass. It's, I, I remember <laughs> I walking out of that with my family, and it was like this weird, like, like, like moment of connection between my mom and myself as we both said, "I, I don't care." You yeah. know, it was like exactly. it was aimed directly <laughs> at me, and I had the same reaction of as her, which is, and. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so that was the big movie, but but then you also have uh, this is when Rocky Three came out. Tootsie, Porky's, Forty Eight Hours, Poltergeist, Poltergeist. Uh, yeah, I mean these are all like giant, very uh, influential movies. But Blade Runner came out in eighty two. Conan the Barbarian came out in eighty two. Those would spawn like a whole sub genre in their like sci fi fantasy that everybody wanted to copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Tron and the Dark Crystal, big giant yep. kids movies from the year. Um, there was the year that Road Warrior ha- had its American yep. release. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, that it's like great. Victor Victoria still makes me laugh. You have Swamp Thing, uh, Koyana Scotsy, Officer oh, Gentleman, Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out that year. Gandhi. Um, let's see. Time to be crazy. Yeah. Was eighty two. Time Rider, The Adventures of Lyle Swan, which I saw a shit ton of, which is the Fred Ward goes back in time with the motorbike to the old west. Uh spectacular. Uh Dead Men I Don't Work. That? Yeah. yeah. I that that <laughs> was a big deal in the third grade. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's not very watchable now, but loved it when I was eleven. Which is also the Beastmaster came out that year. Uh <laughs> Creep see, Show. Creep show. Creep show was eighty two. Uh, Dead men don't wear plaid. I think was the first Steve Martin movie I saw in the theater, and I still love it to this day because they they pass patch in like old clips from uh, film noir movies and make this weird, ridiculous gumshoe mystery <laughs> with him as the titular character, and it's just dumb, but it's fun to watch. And then uh, the world according to Garp with Robin Williams. And I only mentioned that one because that actually prompted me to go get the book from B Dalton and read it. It was my first like (laughs) adult novel that I read as a kid. And the thing's like 600 pages and I'm like 11 years old and I loved it. I mean, I didn't get all the themes and whatnot, but that was like, that was a watershed moment for me. I'm, I'm sorry. That's weird because I had the same reaction. I watched the film and I was like, Oh, I love this film. And my parents had the book and nice. so I was like, well, I'm reading it then. And so I read through it and I went, whoa, <laughs> yeah. oh shit, there's exactly. so much more going on in the books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was sort of like a, the light bulb goes off because it's the first time you like start to reflect on movie version versus yeah. actual source material. And that was just and, a watershed light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. And it kicked off my, my love of John Irving, but yes. I wouldn't really come back to it until like late high school because- I didn't get it. You know, it's not like yeah. you can read the 158 pound marriage as a 12 year old and know what the fuck it's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just remember being in the B Dalton looking for it. And I, I had to ask the, the girl behind the counter, 
I'm like, can, can you tell me where I can find the world according to Garp? And she just looked at me and went, you're going to read the world according to Garp? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> where is it? bitch. Come on. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, that was fun. Uh, and then lastly, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is probably my favorite pick for that year. Mm. Star Trek or no, I just love The Thing and I always will. And uh, it came out that year. So, boom. And then, right. uh, and for video games, Brian, this one's for you. ColecoVision yep. and Atari 5200 yep. came out. Commodore 64 uh-huh. came out. Uh, Pac-Man was the highest grossing video game, $6 billion worldwide. But this is where I went, holy shit, you're kidding me. Arcade hits. Thank you. Get to the arcade, because that's where that, 82 really is. That came out that year. And these are all just, to me, like, this is the epitome of most of the 80s video games. Zaxxon, Ms. Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Donkey Kong Jr., Pole Position. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah, it was Jr., you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, pole, pole Position, Qbert, uh, Tron, obviously, Joust, mm-hmm. Moon mm-hmm. Patrol, Time mm-hmm. Pilot, and Robotron. I mean, yep. that... Robotron, my favorite video game, period. The, with, with the two joysticks, that was like a revolutionary kind of deal. You could shoot yes. in any direction. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so I read that and I went, holy shit. That's like literally like video game ground zero for me. It's like I remember yep. just plunking quarter after quarter and I played all of those things. It's, it's also some of the games that you remember from the Atari. It's Pitfall, right. it's Yars Revenge, River Raid, yeah. Megalomania, the Empire Strikes Back game. Those were all yeah. uh, 82 on the 2600. Yeah. Um, and then just highlights of the history and then I'll, I'll, move, I'll pass it along. Uh, this was the year that the first emoticon came out on the bulletin boards, which was the happy face. Huh. So we didn't have them before then. Uh, this was also the year that, uh, that we had the big Tylenol scare. Remember that? And that made <laughs> them uh, do the tamper-proof bottles. So thank you, whoever put a bunch of cyanide in Tylenol. And then uh, this was the year that the first CD and CD player were commercially available. So mm. before this, hmm. no CD. After this, CD. So I rest my case. <laughs> that technology that absolutely no one gives a fuck about anymore. Remember how it was supposed to, <laughs> this will last forever or at yeah. least until, you know, you stop caring. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but think of how it revolutionized the rest of the decade and then into the early 90s. I mean, it, it literally took until the late 90s when streaming sort of hit for yeah. CDs to kind of just finally become the dinosaur that we know them to be now. So it's, you know, 82. That's where it all started. All right. Bing, bang, boom. So yeah, I'm, I am really like, like, like incredibly interested to hear what Brian's year is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's really. It's 1939. Be, no, oh, I was, gonna, I was thinking 1939. I really no. was. No, I told you I'm going to ruin the show. Yeah. Um, I meant it. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm like racking my brain. Like, okay, uh, what year is it going to be? What year is it going to be? And all I can come up with is 1982. <laughs> Nice. God damn it. Chris has already got dibs on 1982. And the rules of this thing are are making it impossible for me to land anywhere else. And so (laughs) I'm going to say, God damn it. No, I don't care. 1984 should win. I know we did a show on the movies of 1984. It was the first year we did a, hey, the movies of this year. You know why? Because it was awesome. Okay? (laughs) Go listen to it. There's like a whole year of that shit. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. That's, That's well played. 
pick yeah. pick the year where we've already done a show so that all the research is done in your head. That's smart. Yeah, well, well, then well, I, I didn't think you guys it, you were know. gonna go for like music and video games the way I the way I was going to. I thought I was being all smart, but no, you guys already did all this shit. So fuck, you know. All right, but but yeah, uh -huh. eighty four. Let, let I want to hit a few things. I mean, fine. Yeah, the. Real quick, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, Buckaroo Banzai, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Beverly Hills Cop, blah, 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 Repo Man. But also, Terminator. <laughs> but also, Top Secret. But also, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But also, the Coen Brothers debut with Blood mm -hmm. Simple in 1984. 84 in film, hell of a year. Music. Dude, Let's talk how, music. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go how ahead. many times did you see Last Starfighter in the theater? Uh... I didn't see it a lot in the theater because the the summer it came out, that was like when my mom was taking me to the cabin in the mountains and there wasn't oh, any technology. Sucks for you. But sucks I read the comic book adaptation of The Last Starfighter like Holy wow. shit. over and over that <laughs> That's summer. That's hardcore, yes. man. Nice. I saw it twice in the theater. Yeah, I yeah. think I saw it like three times because I lived in northern New Mexico in a small town and there was nothing else to do. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let, let's let's talk a little bit about music. We we all agree that 1984 isn't Van Halen's best album, but it did have some big hits. Fine, whatever. 84. Yeah. Born in the USA. Big, huge album. Not really my thing, but, you know, respect to the boss, right? Um, Private Dancer, Tina Turner's big solo, you know, monstrosity. That was 84. Yeah. But 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 let's talk about some things that that maybe the people on this show like a little better. How about Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Welcome to the yeah. Pleasure Dome. <laughs> have okay. you seen Have you seen the original video for Relax where it's basically oh, yeah. they go they go to like the weird uh like sex S&M gay nightclub thing and it's like this yeah. weird like Roman orgy. It's so fucking weird, man. I don't remember that one. How about a little album called Purple Rain, where Prince is like at his most princeness? Purple Rain, um, Purple Rain. <laughs> how, how about Depeche Mode finds their sound in some great reward and releases the People Are People single in 1984? That was 84? Yep. Wow. Wow. Um, how, how about The Smiths <laughs> show up? How for the about? first time with their self-titled album and Hatful of Hollow. What difference does it make? And Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Those are 1984. Oh. <laughs> how, how, how about... Okay, fine, Eric. How about Bananarama then? Because I know how you about? like that. Um, no, no. What are you talking about? I, I said, wow. Like, that's oh, cool. Okay. And I, uh, you, I think it was your, <laughs> I think it was your awesome. tone, yeah. I think we misread you because you went, oh. Uh, no, no, no. I went, oh. <laughs> okay. Like, I didn't okay. know that was okay. 1984. Okay. okay. How, how about the Scorpions' Love at First Sting? Wow. That was 1984. Um, Weird Al Yankovic released Eat It in 1984 and started <laughs> his career in a big, big, big way I there. I thought in, no, when did In3D come out? That was like 83. Okay. That was 84. That was 84. Really? Uh, okay. The first album, Weird Al, another one rides a bus was like 83. Okay. But Eat It was 84. The Go-Go's okay. Talk Show was 84. Yes. 
which oh it still kills me that uh what's her face hates that record uh oh the, that sucks the, yeah the guitarist because that's uh, an amazing record yeah hall of rock and roll hall of fame uh they were added to the go goes to the rock and roll hall of fame uh this last week and all it took was a documentary okay mm, and a marketing campaign yes yeah, yeah. um minor threats self-titled album is 1984 eric yeah um spinal tap was 84 true the red hot chili peppers debut album is 84 uh well we all know what happened there bon jovi's (laughs) debut album is 84 (laughs) chili 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 Chili, pepper This is all I remember about '84 is like ZZ Top, the Eliminator album was on like every other video. Yeah, that technically came yeah. out in '83, so I can't yeah. I can't rattle off. But Who's Afraid of the Art of Noise was 1984. Is that the um, one with the the what was it? Beatbox, Stop. Moments in Love, and Close to the Edit. Okay, the one you might be thinking of with Max Headroom and stuff that was from '86. No, no, I'm thinking of the uh, Stuck in the Edit or whatever the, the name yeah, of that one is. Stuck in the Edit, that yeah. was Who's Afraid of the Art of Nothing. So, yeah, I mean, from a music perspective, there's a whole lot of stuff happening in 84 that, and that, when, that uh, really carries forward. For and like, Madonna came out in 83, but she really took off in 84. I believe Like a Virgin was yeah. 84. Yeah. I, but she I, had I, four I, videos from the first Madonna album that were in heavy rotation on MTV. Okay. Oh, sure. So yeah. she's another one that it broke late because nobody knew that videos were the future. Yeah. Well, then you also get stuff like Bronski Beat, which always confuses me, and I think I'm listening to, like, Yaz or something for just, like, two seconds, and then I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, now I understand. <laughs> now I remember who this is. It's just a, yeah, a synaptic and- weirdness. And, and I good. will say that TV sucked in 1984, and in video games, that was during the big crash of video games. The only notable video game I even feel like mentioning from 1984, Tetris, was written in 1984. Ooh. Huh. Wasted a lot of hours on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, way more than I, I want to admit. Uh. You and every other human on the planet. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you can't you can't say that TV wasn't any good because by that time A Team was out, and I'll guarantee you, I watched that more than anything for like two years, and loved it. Yeah, so. we watched it because there wasn't anything else. That's I that, watched it because I loved it. I watched it because I loved it, and screw you, screw you. That's what I I, say. I, I liked it <laughs> until I realized no one ever dies. You know, it's like they <laughs> exactly. do all that shooting and no one ever dies, and I'm like, exactly, ah, fuck this show. Yeah. <laughs> well now 84 most of the tv in 84 had had been around before right like it was just kind of a carryover year for a bunch of stuff in fact i'm 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 looking at the wikipedia for for 84 tv and i see no shows that say from 1984 to you, something else you want me oh, to wait, blow your mind sir nope i'm you, sorry they've got a whole table of that i'm just can't scroll yeah you want me to blow yeah, your okay. mind blow my mind what do you got tv tv debuts in 84 uh, the Cosby Show, Miami Vice, the Transformer cartoons, Murder She Wrote, uh, Who's the Boss? I could have sworn Who's the Boss came earlier. Uh, mm. The the Voltron, V mini Defender yeah. of the Universe, yeah. The Miami v- Vice, yeah. The V miniseries, yeah. So V came out. Night Court started in 1984. Uh, Charles in Charge, like who gives a shit? Punky Brewster, 
Yeah, uh, you're not making a, a great case here. <laughs> I'm just Brewster telling you your argument. <laughs> I'm just telling you the ones that came out. Uh, Hunter. I watched a lot of Hunter when I was oh a kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Riptide. I forgot Riptide. So, yeah. We yeah, all forgot Riptide. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and don't forget Lee Van Cleef in The Master. I'll just or leave it forget there. it. All right. Oh, yeah. So, what's, so what's yeah, the I guess year? you're right. I guess you're right. 82 or 77? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 82 because that means that uh, Eric is outvoted since you and I both decided that, I, that was... He made a hell of a case for 77. I, yeah, I had not done the homework on 77. He, I mean, it's a, it's a coin yeah. flip for me. I think we should call it a toss up. I think just... we're all winners today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you get a trophy and you get a trophy. Yeah. Gold star, gold star, gold star. None of this oh. has any meaning at all. <laughs> no, none. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fair case. I think 82 probably would trump it out just because 77 is so ubiquitously tied to Star Wars. And so while Eric made a very solid case for stuff that's not Star Wars, I still think I'm right. I, I think I it comes down to disco to versus new a- wave. I basically just wanted to not be another, you know, child of the eighties. You know, it's like well, like I wanted to I wanted to step my toes out into the other waters and yeah. I still think I, it would have been funnier three you, years, but yeah. that was think, a good that was a good choice. I think if one of us had have brought nineteen thirty nine, that would have been hilarious, though. That would have been awesome. I, I was yeah. expecting mm-hmm. Chris to do something from the sixties, personally. No. So. Yeah. I, I mean, nineteen thirty-nine. You've got Gone with the Wind, the uh, The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. um, and a whole Mr. bunch Smith. of things that haven't stood the test of time. Thank you, Mr. S- Mr. Smith. Goes to Washington. <laughs> Such top musical hits as uh, "Oh, Don't Look, My Petticoat Is Showing" or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> And don't, don't forget, that was the rise of the Nazis. They rolled over yeah, Poland in nineteen thirty-nine. I mean, <laughs> shit. You can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Great Disaster from 1977. One of those uh, Chinook double prop helicopters was trying to land on top of the Pan Am building and fell off. And everyone on board died, of course. And, and someone on the ground got killed by one of the falling rotors. So nice. that's an awesome tragedy. Oh, Good and Lord. we got Jimmy Carter. So it was a Democratic president <laughs> year. Well, 82 <laughs> was the year that the Falkland War started. Does that mm-hmm. count? So that's a good one. That's a good disaster. You know, yeah. of course, it's a war, <laughs> so, you know. Well, I mean, uh, Adobe was founded in 1982. Does that count? Oh, there's a disaster. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> My phone is still updating that bullshit. and that's Uh, the show kids we want to hear what your favorite year was so please god damn it write us at (laughs) (laughs) magnificently huge I figured Brian would jump in with that. Oh, no, I thought I was letting you do the ending. Okay, yeah. Hit us up. We're on Twitter. We're at MagHuge, M-A-G-H-U-G-E. We're on Facebook, Magnificently Huge Podcast. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Blah, 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 blah. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast on Instagram. Uh, We have the email that Chris just said, MagnificentlyHuge at jmail.com. And, yeah, subscribe to the show. Share it. Share it with your friends. Tell tell everybody. Listen to a bunch of old guys talk about, hey, you remember that thing? That thing was awesome. Yeah, share that shit. Get that out there. Go check out all of our old episodes on our website, maghuge.com. You can find links to do all the other stuff I said there. So just remember that, maghuge.com. Check it out. We'll see you guys next week.